Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hirons, and today this show is brought to you by Design Cuts. It's very fitting that we have the CEO of Design Cuts on the show today, as soon as I've got an affiliate link with them. So if you do like the show, go and check out the link in the show notes or the description below, and that'll take you to some amazing design deals, design resources, such as fonts, textures, illustrator and photoshop packs, and templates and mock-ups and more. So if you want to get some great design resource deals, please do click on the link in the description below. Like I said, you'll help the podcast to grow, help me out as a designer, and you'll get some amazing design resources. So today's guest is CEO of Design Cuts, honest entrepreneur, honest designer, Mr. Tom Ross. This is a really personal episode for me. We talk a lot of truth. It's almost like a therapy session for me, this one. We talk a lot about the struggles of being a designer and self-doubt and being a young entrepreneur. And since recording this episode and talking to a few of you on social media, I know other people are going through these same feelings. So I really hope this episode helps. Tom shares some absolutely priceless advice. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll see you at the end. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> Not many people make it back, so that's really, really good. Yeah, I need to get some more people back on the show. But yeah, welcome. Welcome back. Second guest. Not many people Cheers, are back. Lovely to see you again. I mean, I think you had Draplin back, and uh, I think we both know I'm of a similar ilk to Draplin. Yeah. Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try and deliver, though, and I appreciate the invite back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's why I got you back because it's, it's interesting to talk to you, and um, I learned a lot from you. So it's, it's cool to chat again. Uh, so, first of all, what I want to talk about is sort of something that's Again, I mean, this whole the whole podcast is going to be quite personal to me. It's going to be uh, sort of self doubt, and uh, that's where I want to start off with the podcast. So, how did you, especially when you started design cuts really early on, how did you deal with that uh, and the be being patient and you know waiting it out, and maybe some other people have put in, input into your into your brain saying you know maybe get a proper job or stuff. Stuff that's going on that you're always you're always thinking about the doubt and if it's ever going to make it. How did yeah. you deal with that? Yeah, I've got a pretty clear answer on this, actually. Um, I think you need to get out of your own head and into other people's. I think that's the best way to do it. So if you're an artist, for example, you know, we've all got imposter syndrome to some extent. First of all, realize that's natural. So we all get it. You're not a freak. You shouldn't beat yourself up too much. That's a very natural part of being a creative. But at the same time, think of like an insecure teenager or something. There'd be obsessing over their own appearance and you know every little thing and overthinking it and staring in the mirror and and they're racked with insecurities a lot of the time anyway and obviously that sucks and then as you you get a bit older you kind of look up and see the world around you and think what was i doing um you know holding all those teenage insecurities and that's quite a common narrative and you can do the same thing with your art or with your business so if you're constantly in your own head you're going to bounce around and it's going to be really demotivating but if suddenly you start thinking about your audience the people consuming your art your customers if you're running a business then that leads to action because you don't have time to bounce around in your own head when you're trying to serve an audience when you're trying to delight a fan base whatever it might be so if for example mark like you run the show yeah you might have some days where you're like is it growing fast enough like is it good enough all the time yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so you're bouncing around in your own head if you went and scheduled 18 calls with listeners one-on-one 
jumped on a call for an hour, picked their brain, learned all about them, learned what made them tick. You'd be fired up with ideas for content. You'd be like really, really pumped up. And I've done this in the early days of Design Cuts. I had an hour long call every single day. It was for like two, three months, I think. It was a lot of calls and they were invaluable. I sat there and I got one to two nuggets, like gold nuggets of information to help us better the company. I was saying, you know, what, what would you like to see? What are you enjoying? What don't you like? All this kind of stuff. And I'd always go away and then I'd be able to pour that into action of making us better and, and do a better job for them. And when you're in that kind of mindset, you simply don't have time to actually be like, ah, oh, what, if, what if I'm screwing up? What if I'm doing this? You don't bounce around in your own head because you're in their head listening to them and empathizing with them and caring what's going to help them. Yeah, that's what I like talking to you. That's amazing. I didn't think, I'd never thought, I never have thought of that. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, obviously. That's, I mean. Well, you say obviously a lot of this stuff sounds obvious in hindsight. Yeah. For me, I, I want to go back five years, 10 years and like kick young version of me to be yeah. like, why didn't you think of that back then? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like too obvious to, to think about it. I start saying, like, yeah. And so, so what, what did you do? So you video called them and, and you talked about the podcast and what they liked about it and also themselves and what they're doing, what their other stuff they're watching. And yeah, exactly. Like if they got Instagram, which most of your audience would yeah. go engaged on their content, but pay attention. Like, you know, what language are they using? What are they posting about? Maybe they're doing posts about, imposter syndrome or something like that and that inspires you to produce a bit of content being like you know what you can see my content but mm. i'm just like you like we literally we did that with the honest designer show we listened and we got in our audience head instead of our own but then we saw commonalities and went yeah we deal with that stuff too and then we talked about it and it resonated nice awesome uh if you could ever felt that other people like you're talking about getting other people's heads but if you ever thought other people have sort of maybe overstepped the mark or I don't know, just, just, just like, just like said too much. Like you, you keep pushing you to get, get a real job, even especially when you're younger. What have other people pushed yeah. uh, too much in terms of what, sorry. And uh, sort of not too much negativity on you. If you, if everyone, have you ever had to cut anyone off or if you ever have problems with anyone being too negative around you? Yeah, massively. Um, I'm not even going to name names. Yeah, but I've had it with people I've been very close to. And literally over time, I've had to back away and eventually cut off because it becomes weirdly addictive and it's so easy to get sucked into it, right? It's such a human condition. You just sit around moaning all the time. And I, I've been guilty of this I'm in quite a different headspace now, but literally I'd just sit around when I was younger and moan about how things might not be different in certain areas instead of actually doing something to shift it. Mm. Um, you can apply the same thing to your design work, right? you could sit all day and kind of bitch about how you're not better or you could go and take a Skillshare course or level up what you're doing. Yeah, you get better, yeah, yeah. Has, has it been anyone sort of family related? Because like when you're younger, you get sort of persuaded to, to do certain things with your family. And the thing I'm struggling with at the moment is my family, mum and dad especially, telling you to maybe get a real job or, or it's, it's like yeah, they're not seeing any improvement in what you're doing because obviously they're, they're not really paying that much attention to it but they're always saying they always got an idea they always got an opinion on what you should be doing in your life how, how would i deal with that it's a great question um i had something kind of similar and so did my brother so we this was after university how old are you again now mark 20 yeah okay yeah so we were older than you are now um we were living at home 
and our dad who was always like our biggest supporter started having those frank conversations in terms of i think you need to go and get a job it's okay that you were bumming around doing this when you were you know you were 17 i don't think yeah, that's being harsh i don't think he used that <laughs> word but you know he's like it's okay when you're when you're 15 17 19 but now you're out of education you're out in the real world you need to go and get a proper job again there's mm. that phrase um and that kind of sucked and, and and he was starting to have that conversation with both of us and i was doing the online stuff and it was kind of going okay, but not enough to sustain like a full-time living. My brother was um, highly creative, but working as a, a laborer. So he was doing roofing and stuff like that. And again, my dad's worry was that's not, a, you know, a long-term career path uh, that maps to your talents. And so he was sitting us down together and individually, and it was coming very much from a, a place of love in his case. You know, he, he was worried about us. And I'm sure it's probably the same with your parents. They worry about you. They want to make sure you're okay. What they've been taught is like the linear career path and, yeah. and upward career pro progression, all that kind of thing. So it scares the hell out of them if there's something they don't fully understand where there's a much higher element of risk, which is inherent in entrepreneurship and freelancing and design and that kind of thing. So <clears throat> I think you need to do a few things. Um, I think you need to communicate to them heavily um i don't know how much you have already but really explain like look i understand where this is coming from i understand you love me and you've got my best interest here's why i'm doing this i know it seems nuts but like here is my plan here's my aspirations um you know i get self-doubt i get all this kind of stuff and you're not helping with that currently because this is scary and you know talk about the people you interview like there's there's tons of people who are killing it at this show the examples of how it can work out how people can be really happy show some of your wins and some of the traction you're starting to get and just bring them into your world a bit i think it's when mm. when they're alien to that i don't know how much they know but certainly with my parents they were supportive as hell but they never fully understood it certainly in the early years um, I think you need to actually sit them down and share and communicate and bring them into that. Yeah. And in the case of my dad, um, like a, literally a few months after those chats started happening, my stuff started to take off. And then my brother got his dream job in a creative field. And now he's got an awesome career in that. So if we had have literally you know, listened and, and not waited an extra four, five, six months, then we could be in a, a traditional job potentially doing something that we hated yeah so just holding on for that a little bit longer um and you're so young like you know i'd give you the same advice if you were 29 but you're not that's the thing I, I, if anything i think it's admirable i think it's like like i said we brought you up on our podcast um last night and everyone was singing your praises everyone was actually and i think i said this myself i was like man if i was doing as much as you're doing at your age i'd be like a trillionaire now <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like at your age i was getting pissed with mates six days a week and sort of i was still learning the online stuff and, and chipping away at it but like i definitely wasn't giving as much to it as you are and i wasn't as good as you are with a lot of that stuff so um yeah i just wish you had a bit of a crystal ball to see where it i, I think it's yeah I, w I wish they crystal ball things so it's, it's quite it's quite cool you try and guess it but yeah i mean the the patience thing is is obviously one that i've 
worked on this year are very very hard uh, I think it's it's getting there um, but th- th- yeah but you still have those type moments of self-doubt where you're like yeah maybe I should just get a job maybe I should do this maybe it's not really going to ever work out um, so you already had the chat about how you can't yeah. stay in a job because you hate being yeah oh absolutely that yeah. framework no so, now <laughs> like it, I think at least you need to give your parents the courtesy of that conversation where you say here's why I hate traditional jobs. It's not laziness. It's not like they have like a, a drug addled, lazy bum for a son. You know, yeah, like a yeah, yeah. smart young man who's trying to make a, a path doing what he loves. So when you explain like, here's why that's not a good fit for me. Here's why I love this with every fiber of my being. And here's where I want to take that. And it's going to be risky. It's going to take hard work. But I really need your support and not your negativity crushing that. Yeah. No, I appreciate that honestly as well. It's, you know, I have to talk to my parents a bit more. But and yeah, I think that, I think that's what it is missing that they don't know enough about it, like you say. And then yeah, it, it's always this. communication, right? Like with what I'm doing, I have to communicate to my girlfriend about work-life balance because if I keep her in the dark and I just show up an hour late for dinner, yeah, go down well. But yeah. if I ring her up and I'm like, here's all the crazy stuff that's happening, then she more often than not empathizes and it's all cool. Is understandable, yeah. You can understand it better, obviously. Yeah, cool. Um, that brings me on to something else is sort of false productivity. And I, I know you, you've mentioned it in the past, like sort of Gary Vee and you know, following the people like that and all they're saying about is content and mentioning them and working all the time. And it's uh, a very, it, it, like you say, it gets you down. You know, you can't always be on, you can't always be working, you can't have no sleep. Um, and he mentioned something in a video recently, which I watched and the reason main reason to be honest, why I watch Gary V and that sort of people is for motivation because it, you know, it keeps you going. It keeps you sort of hyped up about business, keeps you hyped up about um, entrepreneurship and, and sort of following your dreams. And um, not that I'm working. I'm not, not, you know, don't encourage working like you. I don't want encourage working 24 hours a day. <laughs> sure. You need rest, but uh, the false productivity thing, creating content and it not really getting you anywhere, sort of meaningless content. Um, now that's something I've, I've been worrying about recently is these videos I've been doing on YouTube and videos I've been putting out there, do, are they actually meaningful for anyone? Are they actually doing anything because the engagement's not there because no one's commenting on them? It probably looks like they're not doing anything. Uh, so what, like, how do I, how do I go again? I suppose it goes back. You've already answered it really. How, it goes back to the point about asking the audience what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I don't know why I asked that question because it's leave it just. No, it's a great question though. And to elaborate, I've been talking about this recently in, in a lot of my content. I think what most um, people online in general on social media are doing, and especially designers, hmm. they are shouting into the void, I call it. Right, yeah. Right, so <clears throat> they've got their, their various platforms and they're just shouting stuff out there. Like, I'm, I posted this episode, I posted this piece of art. Like, everyone come look at it. And then it's quickest, right? You get very little engagement and that's understandable because unless it's like the cure for cancer people are busy they've got busy content fees they're flicking through all the time like there's so much noise it's impossible to get noticed and so what a lot of people preach is patience and quality you know keep improving your content keep doing it for a very long time and realize that it might take two years in that engagement before you pop and that's fine, and, and those things have an element of truth in them. But for me, the way you actually do it is you build community, and you start to build up this tribe of people that actually care about what you're putting out. 
And I think you do that one person at a time. Everyone's thinking of scale. Everyone's thinking of, you know, I'm, I'm on this big platform. I'm, I, I want to get to a million followers, 100,000 followers. I'm going to keep shouting, shouting into the void. And I think you need to literally start one person at a time. So something I advocate, I, I started doing this recently is, how many followers have you got on Instagram, Mark? Uh, 2,600, I think. Cool. So that's a manageable number. I, I've only got 1,400. My whole personal Instagram is fairly new. So um, I started going through and privately messaging them saying, thank you so much for following my content. I appreciate it. Um, I'd love to know, is there anything you'd love to see? Um, is there anything you're struggling with a lot right now? Because I literally want to like provide content to help you with your biggest uh, issues right now, uh, you know, struggles in your work, uh, with your mindset around your work, let me know, whatever it is, I'd love to chat and just try and give you some value. You're not selling anything, like you just want to help them and get to know them. Yeah. And I've got a ridiculous conversion rate off of this. So people who had never acknowledged me, never like commented on a single post, I think 60% of them responded to these messages. And you can do them quick. I did like in 30 minutes, I did like 60 or 70 people well wow. just message message like and um so in a few weeks you could contact your entire following and suddenly let's say 40 50 percent of them come back you're having conversations with a thousand people and that's the game changer because then you start to build real relationships and then it goes from shouting to the void and the comment section is kind of empty and your your dms are kind of empty to you can't keep up because your DMs are overflowing and these people are coming back and some of them, they come back and they're like, yeah, I'm enjoying your content. Keep it up. And, and, and that's it. And it doesn't go anywhere. About the thousand, then maybe 40, you know, you get into an ongoing conversation. It's like, oh, cool. You live locally and you meet up and get a beer or whatever, or you meet them at a conference or you just start chatting and then you start giving them some value that you can and you give them a critique of their work, whatever value you can bring them. And before you know it, they're the people that start showing up, supporting your content more actively. And they're the people that start getting in the comment section and championing what you're doing because you're actually going directly to them. You're caring about them. You're listening to them. You're providing stuff of value based on their feedback instead of just shouting out to millions of people. Why would they engage if you're doing that? Because they don't feel special. They don't feel like you're talking to them. I guess it's like, it's like walking down. <laughs> That's going to be a bad analogy, this walking down a street with loads of people on each side and people are just shouting at you like from each side not in the other they want to pull you in people like, maybe it's like walking down a street of shops every shop yeah. wants you in their shop but they they're not going to get you in there if they're not interacting with you if you don't know what's in that shop if you don't yeah if, if you don't understand what's in that shop and why what you can get from that shop mm -hmm. then, yeah not building a good relationship yeah. with people in the shop yeah yeah like i'll give you another analogy right imagine you go to a conference and you just walk into this big crowded room and you go, my name's Mark and I do design. My name's Mark and I do design. <laughs> and everyone's staring at you like, okay, who is this weirdo? Could someone escort him out? No one's coming up and chatting unless they're like, dude, what's wrong with you? But if you go up and you start chatting and you grab a beer with someone and you share common interests and you build a relationship, then maybe you do that with a bunch of people and you start to make some friends at that conference. And then later on, maybe you find a little podium or something and you realize that out of the 12 people you befriended 10 of them uh, all have the same problem 
and then you stand there and you go, hey guys, like I met a few of you earlier on and a lot of you were talking to me about this particular problem with your design work. So you're like, I'm not saying I'm any particular expert, but I've actually encountered this and here's what I tend to do as a solution. I hope it's helpful. And out of those 10 people, six were walking past at the time and they come up and they're like, oh, thanks Mark. Yeah, it was great to meet you again earlier. That was really helpful. And they start to engage. That's kind of how it plays out online for me. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, need, I, need to, I mean, this podcast has been great. It's time for absolutely flown by. Um, <laughs> but the last question I'm going to ask you is, is about goal setting. And as, as a small business um, owner, what should I be doing to set realistic goals I can achieve next year? Well, do you know what your goals are? No, exactly. I know what, what so goals you are. literally setting them. <laughs> Yeah, you haven't even got like. Have you got broad stuff? Like, is is the the main goal more more client work? I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. So more. Yeah. Uh, so more client work and more. Um, well, more engagement and following. Okay. And why do you want the engagement? Well, that would be to to build up a bigger platform, bigger audience of people. Listen to podcasts more. Um, I can draw bigger guests that way. I can. I can just be a bigger presence in the design field and impact more people through the stuff I'm pushing out there. Um, hopefully give a bigger platform to some people that people that I'm, I'm having on the show. Uh, eventually I'd like to be bigger than the people I'm having on and then sort of help them out, help younger people out. Um, yep. And just, I don't know, just be a big influencer in this design field. Cool. Well, I think you've got to work out your reasons. So I'll get to the client right. work in a sec, but in terms of the influencer stuff, Everyone wants to be an influencer and generally it comes down to ego and very rarely it actually comes down to helping people. But when you ask people, they're like, I just want to give, I want to help others. Very rarely the truth. And I'm trying to say to people, if you want to help others, then help them. There's nothing stopping you. You don't need to have a hundred thousand followers to help people. You don't need to be a big influencer to help people. I love helping people with the stuff we're talking about because I get a kick out of it. I can't turn my brain off when someone whispers that they're working on something semi-relevant to this like i'm having dinner with them the next night and you know leaving my lovely girlfriend to do so because i'm just drawn to it i, I really kind of help but help people with this stuff and so going back to the uh, example of you messaging your followers if you really want to be an influencer and you want to help people then out of the 40 who you start regularly chatting with why don't you say look i'm going to do a weekly call where I help you guys for free and it could be like Mark's design critique hour and they share their work and you give them actionable feedback on how to tweak and improve it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something similar with some of my followers because I noticed a lot of the same people support my content. So I said, guys, I really appreciate you. So I'm going to set up a weekly call and I jump on and literally do Q and a and help consult on their businesses for free. Yeah, that is a freaking terrible use of my time <laughs> like i've got a rough idea of my hourly consultancy rate i'm busy as shit working as ceo of my company but i do this as my hobby in my spare time because i really love doing it and so it frustrates me when people are like almost holding back the helping people until they reach maximum scale yeah so not doing that today and ironically that's the way you get to bigger scale i believe because you actually start off on the right footing of giving value and you're never going to help a thousand people or a hundred thousand people if you don't start by helping one person or 10 yeah. I guess what I, I guess what I've meant to say is sort of 
yeah, I mean, obviously I need to do the, the, the messaging stuff. And well, I guess I was meant to say is sort of get the podcast out to more people so it can so more people can listen to it. That's definitely a self way. Well, you you, you consume Gary Vee by the sound of it. So one of my favorite things he said is depth over width. So would you not rather that the people currently listening to your podcast, you made a greater impact on them rather than perhaps a current level of impact you're not happy with, but more yeah. people. You would rather have freaking 12 people listen to every episode, but message you after being like, this changed my career. This has been so useful. Thank you, Mark. You're the best. That's much better, right? So you want to go deep, not wide. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Although it'd be cool to have sort of a million people listening and no one comment, but and then I... no, no, please, like, please don't think it is. <laughs> it's numbers. I, 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 no, I've talked recently about this. So yeah. my old blog had millions of visitors. Yeah, I was taught, you know, everyone traffic's the best. You've got to go for the traffic. So all my actions led to me getting a lot of traffic, but I didn't have the engagement. And how that feels is you get there thinking it's going to make you happy, and it's a hollow shell. Because you look at people with tiny audiences mm. who are killing it, and you think, what is wrong? I've got this massive audience and it's not supporting me financially the way it should be. It's not satisfying. I feel like I'm shouting into the void with my own audience, who are the people who should care. It's actually worse than not having the big audience at all. I guess that's one of the main things of, of being young and on social media. You're always looking at the numbers. I guess that's... that's... It sucks. I'm literally trying to start yeah. moving to throw the numbers out. I find it the most satisfying thing in the world to be David, not Goliath, because it, it's so cool to me. If I look at someone who's got like 100 times my followers and I get more engagement than them, that yeah. makes me feel kind of smart. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, that feels like how it should be. Like, and, and that comes off the back of me having the hollow shell quite a large audience and millions of visitors but not really being able to build anything meaningful off the back of it like i know how bad that felt so all my actions have mapped to getting away from that with design cards and now with my personal brand going hyper engaged because that's where i find the most satisfaction yeah and you're obviously you're very transparent you're the honest designer you're the honest entrepreneur you're, you're the honest guy that talks about things i had that that's your branding and you're telling your story through social media in that way. But sometimes I feel like that I'm talking about stuff. That I'm probably a bit out of the depth and that's, that's what I need to reel back in. I need to stop doing, doing that. And maybe, maybe it's not even that I'm talking, I'm out of depth. It's that I'm thinking because I'm a young designer, I'm thinking that other people would, would judge me because of that. Cause it, cause it's, you know, why are you talking about this? That's potentially why they're not watching or. Well, only talk about stuff that you've done. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, they, they say I'm like reviewing a brand, like reviewing something in the design news. Say I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a rebrand and me giving my opinions as a young designer. Maybe I should word it in a different way or. Maybe I think you're worrying too much about what people think. I think screw those people, first of all. And then like, if you're truthful and you're honest, then you've got nothing to worry about. I've done it where I've tried to teach stuff that I'm really not an expert. And that feels very empty. And I didn't do it deliberately. I just, at the time, I think I, th I thought I was better than I was. So I remember with that same blog, teaching design and getting loads of visitors, I thought I've made it now. Like, you know, I'm, I'm the, the big blog traffic guy. So I st tried to start a side blog teaching how to blog and how to get all that right. And guess what? I got no traction because I don't really know what I was talking about. The only thing I knew was how to build an empty hollow shell of, millions of visitors and so 
that content didn't really take off. But now I'm able to actually talk about stuff like building a business because I built a real business. I can't go and talk about being CEO of a Fortune 500 company because I haven't done it. Yeah. I can't talk about building company culture with 100 staff because we got 16. So I would never talk about those things. And so you can only talk about what you've done and what you've learned within that. It's the same way people used to have their design portfolio and try and masquerade like their Globo Corp or something when actually <laughs> they're Mark, the designer. You know, you're not, you don't want to purport to be something that you're not. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's good. Thank you for the therapy session. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know what path we're going to go down, but yeah, I'm always happy to chat about that stuff. Um, where, where can people find you and say hello and, and follow your stuff and get involved and all that good stuff? So, so here's a perfect example. I, I, I hope whoever is out there on the interwebs listening, uh, hopefully enjoyed this episode. And if it resonated with you, then come find me at Tom Ross Media on Instagram. But not only that, because we're going deep here, Mark, we're building relationships, like literally come and say hi, like direct message me um, about design or entrepreneurship or business or social media and message me a question and I will guarantee I will give you like a thorough detailed video response because I think that's the right way to do these things. And if you're still interested, go and check out The Honest Entrepreneur Show my new podcast and youtube show and if you are in the design space which i know many of you are go check out designcuts.com because it's an awesome little community of like-minded designers where you can get some incredible products and discounts yeah i've got to do less stuff because that's a hell of a mouthful now and i just feel bad <laughs> but uh yeah that's the main places awesome yeah well thank you very much again for being on the podcast really appreciate it thanks so much for having me mark always a pleasure Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle podcast. Around on social media would be absolutely amazing. Tag Creative Waffle and Blue Deer Design. Also, you can get yourself a Creative Waffle pin badge by leaving a review on iTunes. Once you left the review, send me an email, hello at bluedeardesign.co.uk or send me a message on social media at Blue Deer Design. And then I'll send the badge straight out to you. I'm trying to message as many followers as I can on social media. If I haven't contacted you yet, please do get in touch. Say hello, I want to start the conversation. Thank you very much for listening as always, and I'll see you in the next episode.